On this week's episode of the One Star Recruits podcast, we are joined by a native of Queens, a famous comedian and actor, Alonzo Bowden. We're going to do a March Madness update with Rip. We're going to get an update on the One Star bracket as well. Talk a little bit about the Indiana head coaching job. Uh, Rip visits an Amazon grocery store. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, road tripping. Uh, I'm on a road trip, so we'll uh, talk a little bit about some reminders, some good and the bad on the road. It's a great episode. It's a hilarious episode. It's our first episode with a stand-up comedian and actor, and uh, we hope you all enjoy it. Let's go. Hey, this is Alonzo Bowden. I'm on the One Star Recruit podcast, and they, they're really much better than one star. They deserve two. Two stars would be good for them. Let's not get crazy. Two is enough. Hi, this is Jake Plummer, and you're listening to the One Star Recruits Podcast. You know, I say a lot of times I'm not a scientist, you know, and I see things coming, and then you're like, what do you do? He needs a challenge, and now he wants to, he usually wins with like first and second stringers. He probably wants to win with like third and fourth stringers. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Eddie George on One Star Recruits Podcast. These guys do it the best. Love you guys. This is Spencer Torkelson. You're listening to the One Star Recruits Podcast. Go Dallas. Hey, everybody, this was Dickie B on the One Star Recruits Podcast, and they've been awesome, baby. Yo, welcome to the One Star Recruits Podcast, a podcast for all of us one stars in the world where we bring five-star human beings each episode for interviews. I'm joined, as always, by my friend of 25 years, the star of the movie event of 2004, The Hills, currently has a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. Rip, what's up, brother? What's up, man? Bringing it back about 15 years ago. Good stuff. Uh, nice to go down memory lane. I got to remind our listeners that you are in a Hollywood movie. Once again, Hills with a Z. If anybody can find a clip of Rip and tag our, our Instagram or Twitter account, uh, we will send you out a T-shirt. But I like to remind people, especially when you have celebrities on the podcast, Rip, that you too are a Hollywood celebrity. If anyone makes it through that entire movie, uh, you deserve your 10 bucks back and 10 extra dollars for watching it. Yeah, don't go any spoilers. Now, shout out, Matt. It's a, uh, I want to apologize in advance. We're doing a full Zoom uh, this podcast. I have uh, road tripped. I have my parents were vaccinated. So uh, they fall into that 70 plus in Arizona. So we took advantage of the opportunity to road trip on up. I went through Quartzsite. You know, we always talk about it. What's that? What are the gas prices like out there? I got that super good good. I don't even know what it's called, like the super premium that I never get in Cali for 340. Woo! Is, you ever ball out on that? Yeah, I know you're a deal guy. Do you ever get the expensive gas, like just for fun? No, absolutely not, man. I'm, all my cars are pretty much leased, so I'm I'm getting the cheapest gas possible. Uh, getting getting the most out of it, but getting the cheapest gas possible. But never in your life have you got like the power super premium. Not I one. have a couple of times. I have a couple, a couple times. I'm special occasions. Lie. Yeah, so I always do that when I'm out here in Arizona. I feel like it's a treat for my car. Like it's like a difference between like a good bottle of water and like some shitty tap water. <laughs> so car's running good. Pops is good and healthy. We celebrated his birthday. He's getting a little older. So you definitely what the pandemic does a little bit when you don't see people for extended periods of time is you I think you recognize age a little bit more now. I'm curious will people get out in the world and see people if, if that happens. Uh, but he's still pumping along. He's got this big ass lemon tree. So I was up there cutting these lemons down. He's got these Sicilian lemons that everybody loves. Somehow they're like the best lemons I've ever had. Um, but that's kind of our yearly routine, man. So it was a good, it was a good little ride. Are your, your parents, your parents vaccinated, Rip? Uh, my dad is, my dad is, my mom isn't, but I heard Arizona actually opened everything up to like 16 and older. Are you, uh, can you swoop they did. I read that this morning. 
Uh, I think I got to be a resident, but they, I read that this morning. I'm not sure that's going to work or where, what that means really, but um, you, still have your, uh, you still have your Marcos Deniza ID. Maybe they'll take that. Shit. I should check. Of course, Arizona, let it rip. Give it a go. I, I'm into that. I'm into that idea a little bit. What, uh, are you going to do a parent's visit with your pop soon now that he's vaccinated? Is that on the, on the itinerary? Yeah, we're actually going to see them in about three weeks. So we're, yeah, we're excited for that first time in over a year. So oh, you're going to run it back. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give you a good update and tip. We decided to do something that we haven't done in a really, really long time. Um, we can do this in California. We never do. But uh, my sister and my wife both had uh, let me know some very important information on the drive out here. And what they told me was that they never had a Jack in the Box taco. No way. That's criminal. Ever. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. So then I started asking about this, you know, the sourdough Jack and the whole things. Now, I haven't had Jack in the Box in a long time. Um, but we went out of our way last night to get two tacos for 99 cents. Ooh, and that's still the fries. deal? Two for, two for 99 still the deal? Actually, two for 139 inflation. They've gone up since a little bit. Okay. Uh, two for 139 But two tacos and some curly fries and a Jamocha shake. No, that's Arby's. It was like chocolate shake. Jack in the box, man, if you're back in AZ and you want to just bring back some memories, get those two tacos. Now, once you crunch into them, you still don't know what's inside of them fully. Um, but they're delicious, man. I have memories of taking a, a bounty paper towel to each taco and just soaking up an entire t- paper towel full of grease. Is that still uh, that's still in the recipe or what? Yeah, no, that's totally in play. Actually, you get it depends how long you let them sit in the plastic holsters because the plastic holsters get eaten up pretty quickly. That's how greasy they are. You've always been a good grease dabber, man. You're good. You, when did you start pizza dabbing? Probably uh, so after I saw someone else do it, probably around 1999. You, you, some of the some of the pizza out there is so greasy, you almost have to take. Like, if you pick up the pizza and, and you see it drip, if you hold it downward and you see drip, grease drip, you have to dab a little bit. Yeah, man, I don't. I'm I'm I'll let it ride usually unless it's super bad. But I know that you're a value guy, so it's interesting because it seems like a paper towel waste and possibly a calorie waste. So, gotta <laughs> think about those things. Value guy over here, man. Um, Let's talk about value. I think I'm getting a lot of value in the uh, One Star Recruits bracket right now. Give our listeners, Rip, a 60-second update on just March Madness and then the One Star bracket. Yeah, March Madness has probably been one of the crazier uh, opening couple weeks so far. Um, I think I read somewhere that they're the most upsets through the round of uh, 32 that had there ever been before first or second most so just tons of upsets and uh yeah i mean my bracket was busted the first day pretty much when uh i think one of saint bonaventure i had in the final four actually they they went down so it's like i always pick upsets but they always seem to be the wrong upsets i, I couldn't have picked oral roberts of course who's who's you know now in the sweet 16 but man i'm gonna focus on the top of the bracket because we got some real competition going in here we don't have anyone who's having like a banner bracket year in the one star recruits challenge, but we did get 28 mm. entries. And right now at the top is Roadrunner mm. Rick, who has 42 points. And there's two people, there are three people tied for second comedian Adam Lamb, Eric Shembry, and Steel Loxodonta. They all have 41. So it's neck and neck. What you really look at these things and the, is the possible points, though, not the points scored is the possible because that kind of shows who's still alive. So if you look at that way, Steel Loxodonta kind of has a commanding lead with 165 possible points. So we'll see if that holds up. You're you're actually doing pretty well, Dana. You I think you're in uh you're tied for sixth. Yeah, this is my type of bracket. I'm the guy who always does goes a little bit crazy. I don't think I picked Oral Roberts either. That's too crazy, but I'll take some risk. I think I had Utah State going fairly deep for some odd reason, and they took they took an early exit. 
but I appreciate you put it together. And I hope uh, Rick Roadrunner takes actually this victory. I know he's a big runner and he could probably use those PSDs to keep everything in place while he's running marathons. Absolutely, man. $50 PSD gift card and a one-star prize package going to the winner. It's going to be an interesting couple weeks here as we get down to the Sweet 16, the Final Four. So we'll, yeah, we'll keep guy- posted. I know our guy Shembury's got Gonzaga going all the way. He's a big Gonzaga guy. So stay tuned for that. We'll keep everybody posted. Uh, we're going to go right to our interview. It's, uh, like I said, our, our, our first real actor and uh, stand-up comedian who's been in the game for decades now. Um, but we talk a lot, Kurt Events. He's got a great podcast out right now um, that he talks on kind of weekly stuff in the news. Um, and a hilarious guy. Enjoy this interview with Alonzo Bowden. Now joining the One Star Recruits podcast, we have a native of Queens, a motorcycle enthusiast, a former airplane mechanic, but now one of the best comedians in the game, Mr. Alonzo Bowden. How you doing, Alonzo? I'm good, man. I'm good. Quite an intro. You, I think you covered it all, so thank you. <laughs> You've had quite a life, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on uh, One Star and, and actor, Rip, and actor. And actor. Don't forget <laughs> that part. I, I, know you, I know you have your own podcast, too, Podcaster. We'll talk about that in a minute, but... Alonzo, I mentioned you're a big motorcycle guy, so I got to ask, are you one of those dudes that's driving in between lanes on the L.A. freeways, kind of smacking oh, yeah, my mirrors yeah. around? I've been, I've been splitting lanes since uh, since <laughs> the 80s. You know, it it's legal, and it is uh, there's more room between cars than people realize, and it has actually been proven safer than sitting in traffic, and I, I'll tell you why. Because people's brains register cars. They don't register motorcycles. Uh-huh. So if you have a car and then there's a bike in the middle, then there's another car. They look through the bike at the other car and they will hit you. And and it's been shown to happen over and over. So you're safer being between them because they really just look through you. And if, if you mm. really want to know what that's like, talk to anyone who rides a bicycle. They will tell you that you're invisible to car. And, and that was before cell phones and iPads. Right. I mean, this morning I had a guy about to change lanes into me. He was looking at his phone and he had earbuds in both ears. I mean, that's what you're up against. So you, you have to be, when you're on a bike, you're, you're crazy vigilant. Well, I got you, man. I'm a dad, and I'm I'm rolling around in the blue uh, Toyota minivans. I'm I'm looking out for you, but uh, yeah, it's tough, man. Like you said, you got to take that extra precaution, you know. Rip Rip has a theory. Let me ask you this: We have a lot of uh, we had some ha- some Hall of Fame running backs on this podcast before. Rip has a theory that they're better drivers or motorcycle riders based on their vision, uh, the way they can see the field. What do you think? Agree or disagree, Alonzo? With that, uh, I don't I know. I will say that motorcycle riders are better in cars. because We're better drivers because we, we've developed a bigger sense of awareness. So in that sense, they may have, but... Um, it's about vision. you gotta see, you got to see things it's moving vision, a little bit but, ahead. But it's, it's also like it's instinct and it's mm. practice and things like that, you know. So, yeah, they might be better. I'll tell you who has remarkable vision, racers. Mm. Racers, race car drivers, race motorcycle racers, they have incredible vision because they're always looking way ahead because they're right. moving so fast, you know, and they're really trained. But but if they, they've tested their vision, there was one guy who uh, 
Kenny Roberts, who long ago was a world champion, and his vision was like 2015 in both eyes. Like he could see, he like literally like a like a bird. Like he could just see way down, you know. And what happens is it makes everything happen slower for them because they can see it, you know. Like they used to say that about Magic Johnson, right? That Magic could see the court in such a way that he saw the play happening before it happened. So it, the whole game was slower to him because he, you know, he had that court vision. So yeah, I would imagine some running backs have that skill, but they also just have, they have incredible balance, incredible balance, and they have an instinct of where the hit's coming from. I'm glad, I'm glad we got you on sports because we are a sports podcast at heart, but we do love comedy too. Um, I know, I know you talk some high level sports stuff like, like Colin Kaepernick and some other heavy issues in some of your sets, but you're a New York native, and you could probably honestly do your whole next special on how bad the Knicks have been over the past 20 years. Do you, uh, do you root for any of those bad New York teams like the Knicks, the Mets, or the Jets? You can get a lot of material out of those guys. Well, I'll tell you. So I grew up in Queens, right? So I'm a Met fan. I'm a natural Met fan. My whole family were Met fans. Uh, me and the Mets were both born in the spring of 1962. Cool. We are we are connected. And yeah. I still love the Mets. Um good, bad, or whatever. Uh, I used to like the Jets. I, I'm in and out on football, you know, um, but when they signed Tebow, that was like when I just ultimately, no, we can't do it, you know. that If you don't care, I don't care. Uh, Tebow, by the way, you want to talk about privilege? This is a guy who, who couldn't play two sports, who still had, like, he's, he's what, a 41-year-old in the minor league saying, oh, I think I'll give it up. What did he you know, it's like you weren't going to make it from day one. You can't hit a curveball, you know. But anyway, well, privilege. You know, he said he didn't sell tickets too. I used to do group sales in sports, and one of our biggest markets was going after we called it our church accounts because we yeah, could I know, I know he sells tickets, but he's in the way of somebody who could play. He's taking a spot sure. of somebody who can play. But anyway, so the thing with the Knicks, um, I gave up on the Knicks. I I was a Knicks and a Clipper fan, and. All my friends said, okay, you got to pick one. This was in the early 90s. So I picked the Clippers. The Clippers are my team. Isaiah Thomas destroyed the Knicks, and they've never recovered. The Clippers finally got are getting back a little bit. Now that you're in L.A., are you going to any games over there? Or, or oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a ticket holder. Yeah, I go to, I go to a lot of Clipper games. You know, um, we had hope with the big three. Um, Blake Griffin has no heart. Blake Griffin disappears under pressure disappears in the fourth quarter and the big three couldn't win um the current team you know i'm waiting to see paul george in the playoffs this year um you know i'm one of those guys this is this is a new york thing in me because new york fans we learn this right like i can hate my team you can't hate my team but i can hate my team and i can hate my players i grew up reading the back page of the daily news so we that that has destroyed careers and you know it's what do you do in the playoffs you know what do you i mean especially in the nba where where a lot of well now they care more about the regular season there was a period in the nba where the regular season was just to get in shape for the playoffs right you know they just didn't they they did they cared some about seeding, but you could tell, you know, December, January, they were like just going through the motions. And then after the All-Star game, they'd be like, okay, now we got to step it up. You know, Shaq would be fat until March, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of those guys, uh, you you've been in LA to know I'm we're, we're Orange County uh, rips in, in Long Beach. I'm down here in Orange County. We're we're big Kobe guys. Um, any Kobe memories that you have, even watching him as a Clipper season take a hold? Well, otherwise? you know, here's here's the thing about Kobe. For me, Kobe was always like like Larry Bird in in the Bird vs. Magic era. Because at that time, I was a Showtime fan. I liked the Lakers back then. So Kobe was one of those players that I respected the hell out of his game. I didn't like the player, but but his game was amazing, you know. And it was just like Bird. It was like I didn't like Bird. But his game was amazing. Um, Kobe was an amazing player. It was it was funny to me and actually kind of cool how at the end of his career he embraced the hate. Yeah, I I thought that was kind of cool. But um, you know he he was um, how do we say it? Uh, not the greatest team player. How's that? You know, yeah. but he was a, he's a fantastic player. There's no no denying that. And and you know. He was, um, for all Laker fans and this and that, you know, and he was their guy and, and he proved it. He won. He did. He did everything. And it's it's sad he died. It's sad he died after he had changed, you know, so soon after he changed because, you know, he was a prick during his career and he didn't care because he was all about winning and he didn't care if you liked him or what you thought about him or this or that. He was that type of guy. Right. Which which is OK. I mean, it's who he was. But then he he when he retired and toward his retirement, he kind of mellowed and he was like, OK, I've done it now. I'm a different guy and I'm going to help younger players. And, and it was great what he was doing with women's basketball because of his daughters. He was kind of legitimizing women's basketball. Right. And and so it's really it's tragic that he died at a young age when he was just probably just about to start enjoying his life. Yeah, and as a Clippers fan, you kind of it's just a little bit of that Mamba mentality. Blake Griffin, like you said, could have got a little bit of that. That big three with Chris Paul and DeAndre could have been something real special. I agree with you. Oh, I'm bothered by the fact that Blake slipped in and is going to ride the Nets to probably a title mm. through no through no fault of his own. He's one of those guys that that falls up. It's we guess with one of our all time money stealing guys. That Detroit deal wasn't a great deal, and yeah, you're right. He ended and it's. I'll give Blake some love. Let's spread love, Rip, because we like to do. He is a funny comedian. He's a he's a pretty funny comedian. Thumbs up or thumbs down? What do you think? Well, how should I put this? <laughs> he's a better comic than I am an NBA player. Oh, I like that. That's a compliment. That's a fair. Compliment. That's fair, Alonzo. Me and Neil Brennan. Me and Neil Brennan got into this. Neil thinks that Blake is the funniest NBA player. I say Charles Barkley is because mm -hmm. Charles Barkley is naturally funny. Charles doesn't try that hard. Blake tries really hard. He has right. I mean, he's got a sense of humor, but um, yeah, he. Uh, mm. <laughs> a good thing. No, it's a good thing. Let's stay in L.A. a little bit. Uh, a lot of comedians, a lot of people are leaving L.A. A lot of people are leaving California, the entire state. Um, you know, we we hear about guys like uh, we got who Joey Diaz went back to Jersey. Are we going to are we going to be able to see Alonzo cruising the 405 and the E92 M3 for years to come? Or are you thinking about Yeah, yeah, I'm not leaving. I'm not done with LA. You know, it's funny. Me and Joe, me and Joe even talked about this. So, I understood why Joe left. There were a number of reasons Joe left. Tired of LA, um the money and the tax thing. I mean, with the money he's making, that is a millions of dollars in in difference to not pay the state taxes and 
he just he was done. He wanted to get out. And also he's developed a business that he can do anywhere. You know, it wasn't like he was in Hollywood anymore, like back when he was doing sitcoms or Fear Factor or any of that. He could he could do the Joe Rogan experience anywhere. So he just chose to go. And he's probably and he's definitely happier there. Uh, Joey D wanted to get back to family. He wanted to get back to family roots. That was his thing. So he went back and he I don't think Joey D wanted to raise his daughter in L.A. I think that also had something to do with it. Uh, I know comics leaving L.A. for financial reasons. You know, L.A. ain't cheap. And if you're not making a good living, L.A.'s tough. And now a lot of comics, there's other places that are developing like Nashville. A lot of, lot of people are going to Nashville and it's developing a thing and it's much cheaper to live there, Texas. Uh, but no, I still love L.A., man. I, I'm, not, I'm not done with L.A. You know, that's what I say. I'm not done with L.A. yet. I like that. Yeah, you got to hold it down. I know Theo's in Nashville now, and I know all these guys are kind of starting to spread out. I think it's kind of cool because you're getting a new take. I love kind of – I miss going to comedy, comedy shows. My favorite show I ever saw happened to be at the Mountain Winery. It's in Saratoga. I saw Louis Black in the early 2000s, and it was outdoor, and it was just hilarious. Uh, Cobbs and Tempe Improv, Rip, we, we always loved going to. That was my – for a long time, that was my favorite club, the Tempe really? Improv. Love wow. that club, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any particular reason? Just you just, just set had up, a vibe. A it had a vibe. I love the city. I like the you know, Phoenix, Tempe, Scottsdale area, and that club. Yeah, certain clubs you go to for what you know you just have a vibe or whatever. And I always had a good vibe there. It was always just fun being on that stage. I like that, Alonzo. We might need to recruit you. We're from we're from Tempe originally. We'd love to recruit you. Maybe you can get a condo out on Tempe Town Lake. And uh, I, I had a I had a uh, condo in Scottsdale and it, I got killed in the crash in 09 and 10 because mm-hmm. I used to rent it out and then everything dropped and I couldn't rent it anymore because everyone just bought one. And uh, I ended up having to do a short sale and get out. Well, hey, that's what you can we can drive six hours. You know, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. though. speaking of Theo, another guy like Bobby Lee has a great podcast. You guys have a wonderful fan base. Uh, a lot of the comedians who are top tier like you cats. And we love following you any way, shape or form. But we love podcasts because you're it's personal, man. You're in our ears. Um, it's why we started. It's different type of, uh, of uh, relationship building, if you will. Uh, talk to our listeners a little bit about your podcast. Um, I love it. Um, share share a little bit about how it started and why you like doing it. Well, it started, so it's called Who's Paying Attention? And that, that was the title of my first uh, Showtime special. And it's based on the media not doing their job so comedians had to pick up the slack, right? You know, the media be- has become infotainment and they don't challenge people when people are full of shit. They don't, you know... And, and comics do. We, we're like, no, this, this is bullshit. We call bullshit when we see bullshit. We call a lie a lie. We don't talk about untruth and alternative facts and a bunch, eight ways to not say this person is lying. We're like, this person is lying. You know, we, we're, we've done that historically, right? We are, the, we are the jesters. We were the only one who could make fun of the king. Um, so it started with that and... It was also like I used to talk about the stories that were the basis of jokes because people would wonder, like, where does that come from? And I would be like, this is the story that led to that. And then it evolved more into it's just my opinion on various things in the news every week. I I have various news feeds I look at. 
some stories I want to talk about, some I don't, you know, so I do. And I, and, but yeah, it's just my take on the week. I try to keep it short. I try to keep it to 30 minutes because what I found with podcasts is, uh, and what Joe does, what Rogan does, he makes three hours go by like nothing, which is amazing. But a lot of times you have podcasts that are an hour, an hour and a half, but it's really only 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. just, Filler, fillers, just rambling or sitting around smoking weed together, talking shit, which, uh, you know, God bless you. And it's okay, but I'm not going to do that. I, I ain't got time for that. Give us a give us a spoiler alert for your next episode, because we were locked down for about a year and we saw I'm talking about gun violence. We saw basically no shootings. But the last week we've had two. And it's just terrible stuff. What, what do you think? What's your take on this? I mean, how, how, well, you know, is, the is thing it time to get that, rid of guns? I, or is it I hit time? on it a little on Twitter. It, it just shows we're getting back to normal. It's the sad thing. Like, America's open. How do you know? Well, we're shooting each other again. I mean, and, yeah. and not, you know, the sad thing about this, right? Nothing changes. So we've, I already saw the ads popping up before this shooting where the NRA started with the Biden's going to take your guns, right? Because yeah. that... You know, so it's the same thing over and over. And, and it's horrible. The Asian hate really bothers me. The Asian hate really bothered me because that whole China flu thing. Yeah. Like words have power. Mm -hmm. And you have these, these angry white men sitting at home on their computers looking for someone to blame for their life and blah, blah. you know, it, it's really funny, like everything they say about people choosing to be victims and this and that, they're the ones doing it, you know. And I talked about it last week where the Department of Homeland Security said it last year and the National Intelligence Agency or whatever it's called said it this year, the number one source of domestic terrorism are these angry white guys, these yeah. militia guys, they're killing people. And people still sit back and they're like, well, I'm not going to wear a mask, but you go ahead and take the AR-15 to the supermarket. Hey, so we're insane. But but the sad thing is it doesn't change. We, ha we haven't got it. I wish we had a new narrative. I wish I didn't still do things. I wish my bit about, you know, guns, gun violence from 10 years ago wasn't still applicable. Yeah. Uh, I wish my health insurance bit wasn't still funny you know what, what and now the 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 asian hatred so now it's like oh do we have to choose one guy on on twitter was basically saying like well you know blacks and asians have a history of problem which is true there's been there's been problem between the community so basically he's like well if blacks and asians have a problem why does it bother you when a white guy kills asians it's like, what the fuck you know yeah. um yeah. they're so emboldened there are more of them than people think, and the Republican Party absolutely cashes in on it. Uh, they're, they're, so these are the things. So this week, I will probably definitely talk about the shooting in Colorado and the fact that, as my friend says all the time, nothing changes if nothing changes. Uh, podcast world. I, I want to shift topics because we were talking about big balls, and uh, I'm a proud owner of two 20-pound dogs. They bark a lot small shit my wife really is in control i have no control of them uh we've talked about life with a great dane and we see him and we're always it's a, we're always amazed talk us give us a maybe a day in the life or give us some real world insight about about 
being a great Dane owner and your guy Hulk? <laughs> well, I'm still pretty new at it. I'm only uh, coming up on two months in the game. That's why you keep seeing me glance over. He's here is in he, the office. Is he in the, is he in the camera view right now? Can we get a yeah, face shot? Yeah, he's, he's down here chewing up who knows what. Let me see if I can. Let's see this, Let's see this big body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a puppy, right? Yeah, that's him. That's, <laughs> that's three months of Hulk. Kinda. Alonzo, what are you looking at with size at a full at a full grown Great Dane? They are saying that he's going to be big for a Great Dane, so possibly one sixty to one seventy five. Uh, but this is and this is why I got a Great Dane. So a friend of mine who is a dog trainer and very much a dog person. She was telling me during the pandemic, you should get a dog, you should get a dog. And I was like, eh, I'm gonna go back on the road, this or that. I can't announce, but I have something in the works that if, if everything falls into place, which it looks like it will, I'll come off the road for a while or, or my road work will be seriously curtailed. I'll have a, a gig in LA. Breaking news. So yeah, we're hoping that that announcement will be made in the next couple of weeks. But anyway, I realized, I said, I'm going to be home, you know, and the house is quiet, live by myself. I said, let me get a dog. And she said, a Great Dane is just like you. They're big and they're lazy. She said like that once they, once you get through the puppy phase after a couple of years, she said, they'll sleep 16, 18 hours a day. You can just right. leave them home. They just sleep while you're gone. And even he, like with him, uh, he's growing so much that he tires out fast. He will play for 15, 20 minutes, and then it's nap time. And then he'll eat, and he'll go into a food coma, you know. And so... Uh, Sounds like young Tim Tebow. The, the frustrating thing now is this teething phase and biting on everything. But it is comical to see how fast he grows and how clumsy he is. He has no control over his limbs. And I, and I have to admit this, and I'm trying, I got to get into a puppy group and get him out of it. But sadly, my dog's a little bit of a punk, man. He's kind of scared of other dogs. I'm like, oh. you got to man up. You know, your name is Hulk. You got to live up to this shit. I don't want Bruce Banner. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the little dogs that punk the big dogs like that. It, that That's what Hulk. scared him. This little dog ran at him and nipped at him, and it scared the hell out of him. But, uh, yeah, I have a trainer. Like I say, I have a friend who's a trainer who's helping me. And we have to find this puppy class because it's part of the training, socializing with other dogs and stuff. But he's very smart. He, he picks up on things fast. And so far, he's not destructive. You know, people love to tell you these horrible, destructive stories about Great Danes. You know, he's going to eat your entire couch and then pee on your flat screen. And it's like, eh, <laughs> I hope not. I mean, it, it might be a little damage, but I think with training and keeping an eye on him, he'll be all right. I love it. Hey, welcome to the family of, they're the best, unconditional love. And um, especially during these times, I couldn't imagine life without them. So uh, welcome welcome to the dog owner family, man. Thank you. Thank hey, Alonzo, we, uh, we end every episode with a quick hitter segment where I kind of ask you a handful of questions based around a specific theme. And you just give me what comes to mind first. And because for people who don't know, I want to talk about the comedy grind because it's, it's really one of a kind. It's super tough. Uh, I know in normal times, you're on an airplane or a hotel for most of the year. And You've been in the game, I think, over 25 years. Uh, I always laugh when when people say how hard NBA players have it. They they play 40 road games a year, and you know, meanwhile they're they're flying on charter planes and getting foot massages. Uh, so for this one, I just want to ask you a little bit about life on the road. Does that work? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. 
Just so everyone understands the grind a little bit, how many days a year are you typically on the road in normal times? I don't count them because if I did, it would be depressing. I would say before the pandemic, when things were normal, I was on a plane 40 weeks a year. Now, it might only be a day or two or it might be a five-day run. But yeah, I'm uh, 40, 40 weeks out of the year, I was traveling somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So outside of L.A., uh, since you're going to all these cities, we both love food and we're sure to talk about it a little bit in every episode. What's your favorite city to visit and wherever that is, what's your go-to eating place there? Uh, Montreal is my favorite city. Montreal, the, the, the biggest comedy festival in the world, which I love. And Montreal has the style of Europe the nice people of Canada and the convenience of the United States. It's everything right there. Uh, my favorite place to eat in Montreal is the food trucks downtown. The in summer in Montreal is one festival after another. They have the Grand Prix, then they have the jazz festival, then they have a comedy festival, then they have a film festival. And they close their downtown and they have all these food trucks from the various restaurants set up down there and it's just really like a, a food fair all summer wow let's hope things are uh, are back to normal for your next and also year. you got to get the smoked meat get smoked meat yes. there. and stay and away poutine. from the poutine that yeah. mm, <laughs> that'll stay with you for weeks after you leave um you mentioned the 10 p.m prob which has a place in our heart uh you, i know you've also done the apollo theater pretty much all the big spots What's your favorite venue now? Uh, the Laugh Factory kind of in Hollywood. Over. That's home. It's my home stage. Where is it? When I when I come home, I literally walking on that stage is like <sighs> I'm home. Um, it's super creative for me because I'm so at home there. Yeah, the Laugh Factory is my spot. Laugh Factory. What's okay. the update there? Are they plan on doing any outdoor shows or opening back? No, they they'll open when things open. Uh, they they're not equipped to do outdoor shows, and they don't have a restaurant, like a food thing. And like the comedy store, they have enough of a kitchen that they can make food and get by as a restaurant, you know, under the, the way the rules work. But the factory isn't equipped for that. Also, when there were a lot of Black Lives Matter protests going on, the factory was kind of at the end of the strip they were protesting on Sunset. So they had to, you know, for security reasons, they had to board it up and close it. So they do some streaming shows. But it won't be open again until the world opens up. You probably perform thousands of shows. Man. I, every time I watch you, you don't look nervous at all. Um, do you still get nervous? And what is the key to, to kind of performing or public speaking? Uh, I don't know if I'd call it nervous as much as apprehensive. I'll still get a little apprehensive at a new venue or a show I haven't done before. But, but again, I've done it so long. There isn't too much I haven't encountered. I don't know what the key is because I've always been comfortable with it. So when I was in aerospace, I got a job training new mechanics. And when I went up in front of the classroom, a situation most people are kind of nervous. To me, it was the most natural thing in the world. I was fine. And, and when I went on stage, I remember uh, early in my career, I would kind of lean on the back wall and just talk to the audience. And I remember Dom Herrera saying, could you put a little energy into it? Like it was the most <laughs> relaxed conversation for me. So... Yeah, it's just something, and a lot of comics have it, right? This this therapist told me that um, public speaking is kind of the number one fear people have. She yeah. said, but comics, you guys are wired differently, so you're more comfortable talking to 100 people than talking to one person. 
She's like, now you go to a party and when you leave, you don't know anyone you didn't know before you got there. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty accurate. And if you see us in a group, comics tend to, to gravitate and talk to other comics versus other people because we just we understand each other, I guess. So it's a gift. It really is a gift. And uh, last one here, you guys, something else you have to deal with is heckling. What's uh, what's your most memorable moment from from somebody heckling you or something crazy that happened over your 25 years? I've had a lot of them. I don't know that I could say any one is is really stands out. Did anybody ever get you and shut it down or never? No, what you learn is um, don't let them get you mad. Even if you're mad, don't let them know you're mad. Now, I got booed off a of stage. I got booed at a place called Manhattan Proper in Queens, where I grew up oh. in the early 90s, back when Def Jam was huge. Yeah. I was in New York to do the Apollo Comedy Hour, and that was a TV show, so you had to work clean. I hadn't worked in New York before because my career started in L.A. I had already lived in L.A. So I went to New York to do the Apollo. New York comics, super cool. They were like, oh, we'll take you around. You could do your set. They took me to this place. Not only did they boo me off the stage, they actually booed me outside onto the sidewalk <laughs> because I'm working clean in a, in a black club in a Def Jam era and they did not want to hear my little TV jokes, you know. So, <laughs> but um, I would say the best time, uh, the, the one heckler thing I remember, I was in Beaumont, Texas, doing a one-nighter in a roadhouse. I'm talking chicken wire and the whole shit, right? And this guy's talking shit, and I, I just tore into him, this redneck cowboy guy. And after the show, they were like, it's about time someone shut him up just because he runs the clan around here. And I'm like, what? Like, like that's information I could have used, you know? Oh, just, so I shut up a Klansman. <laughs> I love it, man. We're, we're fans over here. Let us, uh, let us know besides who's paying attention, where you can find on all podcast platforms. Let us, let our listeners know where they can find you on social and anywhere else. Zo funny, Z-O-F-U-N-N-Y on Instagram. Everything else is at Alonzo Bowden. On Instagram, this guy tried that thing of, I'm going to take your name and sell it to you. And it was like, nah, no, you're not. I'll just put up a different name. Uh, and if you just Google comic Alonzo, you're going to get either me or Christella Alonzo. And I'm the taller one. I'm taller than Christella. Nice, nice. We'll get everything in the show notes. I know you're a big Jazz Cruise guy. We hope to get you back. Well, shit, you, a little breaking news. We might have a stay at home. But uh, for all of our listeners, Google this man. He's hilarious. He, he, hopefully, you can keep the tour thing going. Um, and keep us updated on Hulk and the progress. Maybe get an Instagram page going so we can follow the uh, development. People are saying that, that he should have his own page. I don't know. He's already getting so much love. You know, when you're when you're a cute puppy, you get away with murder. He gets away <laughs> with murder. And and yes, I've, I've actually a lot had of people about great their thing. car. To, to be like, what is that? You know, and so it happened. Yeah. I'm, I'm out in Arizona and we saw one yesterday and we stopped our entire life of moving my, my, my father to stop and, and just Google a great Dane. They're, they're amazing beasts. So, yeah, now, keep us let, me show you let me show I don't you. Don't give him too much He's attention. You might turn out like Blake right Griffin. Now. Keep uh, working out. Keep doing your thing. Keep us all inspired because you do, man. Your comedy is great, but the rest of your life, just kind of how you live your life out there in LA doing your own thing is, uh, is something that we all respect. So, we appreciate your time. Appreciate Thank you. you. Hey, don't hesitate to hit us up if you're promoting anything um, that we can push for you or have your, uh, I don't know, in LA, your people 
email us, whatever. We got Colette you. will be in touch. She she definitely will. She's the best. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Roger. Great interviews. I'm actually pumped to have – I'm always excited to have conversations about dogs, so that tells a lot about where my life probably is. Dude, could you imagine having a great day? I can imagine. It feels like it's a thing where it's like a get a friend with a boat, like get a friend with a Great Dane, and then you can just like see it and take some pictures with it every now and again. Like he'd, it'd be cool. Maybe I know I'm doing the Easter Bunny uh, for the Easter coming up. Imagine if I showed up with a Great Dane with Dude, ears. The, the thing would be bigger than my kids, man. I, I I couldn't take on a job that big. Those Great Danes are huge, but man, Alonzo Bowden is, is hilarious. I, I just actually watched his, uh, his Amazon prime special, his current Amazon prime special. It's actually from 2019, but it's called heavy lightweight. Everyone go check that out. Amazon prime. It's only, it's less than an hour, uh, for you people that, that don't like long things like I do. Um, it's about 53 minutes. Good stuff, man. He, he's, he's a funny guy. Nice. I actually saw, have you ever seen him live? No, but I did in research for this watch gotten kind of a rabbit hole. He loves the Tempe improv. So I just did, I hung out on YouTube at the Tempe improv and there's like all kinds of sets and he's hilarious, man. He, uh, he's got just a nice delivery and flow. He's clean. He's a clean comic too. So, um, I sent him, uh, some YouTube videos over to my mom too. So she can laugh at some stuff, but it was a great interview, man. It's, uh, yeah, you're on that Amazon tip. You're an Amazon technologist. Word on the streets is that you, uh, made a, you're one of the first, uh, Long Beach residents to enter the Amazon grocery store. Is this true? It's absolutely true. I think one of the first Amazon fresh grocery stores in the country, right? There, there are only a handful of them. What, Not a lot of people know about them. Tell our listeners, what's the experience? What was it? What, what's all about? Yeah. So I was excited being the value guy that I am. They sent us a $10 off $30 purchase coupon in the mail. So that, that got me in the store immediately. I, I went, uh, I think on day three and it wasn't as crowded as I thought it would be. I thought it would be pretty crazy, but it actually wasn't. It's a big store. Um, but yeah, man, I wasn't, I wasn't impressed. Is it like a Whole Foods? Is it like a Whole Foods or a 7-Eleven or a grocery store? It has a little bit of the Whole Foods, but more like warehousey. Um, and but they have the big fresh bar where they where they make sushi and pizza and chicken wings and sandwiches and all that. So, but man, I'll tell you, I left totally unimpressed. The prices were not good. Uh, mm. Whole Foods might actually be cheaper. Um, not many deals to be found. And yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll be going back unless they send me. How about, so not a lot of deals. It seems like those would, will come in the future probably because of they can buy more stuff. How about the experience though? Don't you have an electric car and like personalized little tells you what you like and stuff or no? I mean, it was a, it was a new car with a new paint job. It wasn't electric, but I, I really think those stores exist a lot because of the other services that they offer Amazon uh, subscribers with like package pickup mm. and turn. And there's a big area for that in the store. It probably, since it's a warehouse too, it's probably a distribution center too for uh, their whole other stuff as well. Uh, so you're not a fan. Interesting. I saw a video where you could on the cart, there's a little iPad thing that you scan everything. Um, and it tells you, you know, how much or what it is, or, and then maybe you don't have to check out, but I might've been looking at something else. I might've been like overseas or something. No, there are some features that I didn't use. I think like you can tell Alexa your grocery order and then go there and pick it up in 30 minutes or something like that. And it just seemed, uh, it didn't seem as efficient for me as just going to the store and getting what you want like normal. Well, shit, Amazon's kicking your ass this week. You were my friendly connect this week uh, while I'm road tripping and picked up a package for me. I, th- I appreciate that. Thank you, bro. But uh, Amazon's just not getting it done for the, at, at the Rip household, huh? 
Yeah, there's a lot of love and hate for Amazon in this house. So this, this was a, a downer week for Amazon in this house. And I don't I don't think I'm gonna be going to that back to that Amazon Fresh store, but we'll see, man. We'll, I'm always a guy to give second chances, so we'll check it out in the future. Yeah, we'll check it out in the future. Oh, that's cool, man. All right, well, we got Easter coming up. I'm committed to be the the Easter bunny. Um, the the fans are curious. What what's what's Rip's Easter candy that you're looking forward to? Of course, the jelly beans. I think you know I love jelly beans, but you only have them once a year. So I didn't take you like, for a jelly bean guy. It's long enough to go without them, to be excited about them again. So yeah, once a year, jelly beans, you eat them for about three days and then you don't see them until next Easter. I'm excited. You got favorite flavors or no? I'm always good with the red and the uh, purple, but you know, black is really a uh, hit or miss. It's, it's like black licorice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a black, I'm a black licorice, black jelly bean guy. How about you? Yeah, no, me too. I'm black licorice for life. I grew up going to a health food store with my parents at co-op. They used to call it. And my treat used to be a black licorice bar. So I'm into them still to this day. I I like uh, my favorite is uh, the good and plenty's. I'll eat those like just pop those all day long for Easter, though. I am I'm a a purist. I like Cadbury cream eggs and I like um, I like peeps. Not a lot of people like peeps. Not a lot of people like peeps, but. I was a kid. I used to, my sister and I used to take those out of the package and let them harden for a day or two, James Harden. And they get so much better when you uh, just eat them like oh, a little really? harder rather than like that soft marshmallow. Breaking Try, news. That, that, that should be my wreck of the week, actually. That should be your wreck of the week, man. That's breaking news. I just, maybe if you put them in the refrigerator, it might accomplish the same thing too. I don't know. Right? But there's something about them being room temperature. You got you to sit them out on the counter for 24 hours, let them harden. They're, five times as good as when they're fresh out of the package. I love it, man. Um, let's wrap up with a quick sports take. I, we have a lot of listeners in Indiana. We have some friends of the pod uh, who we love a lot in Indiana who are involved in the IU basketball program. They're in need still of a head coach, right, Rip? Nothing's, nobody's announced anything since we started the pod. Lots of rumors, Brad Stevens, Steve Alford, lots of guys uh, headlining that, that rumor mill, but no hiring. I got an idea. I love what's happening with Juwan Howard at Michigan. I think he's fiery. I think he's relatable. I think because he's an alumni who did it, he tells a story better than just a kind of college coach can do. And I think this day of age in college basketball, you may not be getting the best talent, but you can get people that you can get pumped up to run through a wall for you. And our friend of the pod, who is a uh, basketball coach with the Pacers now, I believe, uh, Calvert Chaney, I think Indiana should take on the Michigan strategy and go hire Calvert. Possibly Isaiah, but I love Calbert's temperament. And I think uh, if you want to listen back, he did our podcast. And I think he's the right guy for the job, Rip. I like that idea. He's, he's got the necessary experience. He coached in the G League. He's coaching in the NBA. He's, he's still young enough to be relatable to those guys. He's an absolute legend in Indiana. And he's not – he's kind of like Juwan Howard. He's not one of those guys out there who seeks the limelight. He's not this, like, banner name that everyone's going to gush over. But he might get the job done. It's got to be better than what they've been through the last few years with uh, – Archie Miller. There it is. There it is. Indiana fans, tweet us. Let us know. Uh, Daily Hoosier, uh, if you're listening to the pod, uh, keep us posted. That's a great place for breaking news for Indiana basketball. But that's a big job. The, the tournament's going great, Rip. Thanks again for setting it up. Once again, PSD's got a, gr- a gift card coming your way, so stay tuned. We'll keep everybody posted on the winner. Um, Rex of the week, man. Let's wrap it up for the week. What do you got? My wreck of the week, we're almost out of the cold weather, especially in California out here. It's in the 70s, but nights still are getting down to the 50s. Have you ever tried mold wine, DK? M-O-L-D. 
no, no, not moldy wine, mold, M-U-L-L-E-D. It's basically, you take a bottle of wine, you add some oranges, some cinnamon, and a couple other spices. You put it on the stove for about 10 minutes, let it heat up. It is delicious, man. It's a nice, warm mm. drink on a cold night. You got to try it, mold wine. It's kind of, I got tipped off to it by a family friend over a fire a few years ago. And my wife's been making it lately uh, over the winter. It is delicious, man. You got to try. It sounds like you got tipped off by a friend in uh, in uh, like South London in 1846. Mold wine. <laughs> hey, sometimes the uh, oldest tried and true recipes are the best. Mold wine. Check it out. Mold wine. Not to be confused with mold wine. You know, my pups uh, breaking some news here. They wanted. They're excited about my uh, my wreck of the week this week. I wanted to go a couple different directions with my record of the week. But since we had um, Alonzo on, I've been listening to a, a lot of podcasts with comedians. They're just like Alonzo said, they kind of have a different look on and perspective during this particular time. And they're able to say things a little bit uh, more clear than a lot of other people. And I've been enjoying them. And we talked about Joey Diaz and on this, uh, this podcast with Alonzo, he's uh, moved back to New Jersey. He does a one man podcast now. Uh, where he kind of just talks about stories about his life and uh, he keeps it as real as anybody in the game. So uh, Uncle Joey's podcast um, is going to be my recommendation of the week. He's on Spotify and and iTunes. Joey Diaz, Joey Coco Diaz is a comedian if you want to Google that. Uh, but the, check that out, especially if you have any family or friends in New Jersey or in northern New Jersey in particular. Uh, he talks a lot about kind of that scene and it's hilarious. So that's my record of the week now. We're going to keep people laughing. Does he keep it uh, under an hour? That's my only question. I think sometimes Joey, he's he's doing a new thing right now, this one-man show where he's learning with us. So I think he's trying to figure it out, just like me and you are trying to figure it out. Cool. I'll check it out. So check that out. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, we're going to keep bringing you different eclectic guests from all over the world. Please follow us on social media. Um, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, forward it to a friend who might enjoy it. And uh, if you have time, hop on the Apple iTunes and uh, give us five stars and a comment. We'll be back again next week. We're going to stay with college basketball. We got a college basketball and an NBA champion coming your way next week. So stay tuned. Rip, you got any advice? You want to leave the listeners with anything? Uh, He's stumped. Give him a, leave it. Let's give everybody some good energy for the week. What do you got? Hey, how about this? How about uh, if your parents are vaccinated, schedule a trip to go see them and give them a big hug. And uh, you if go. you have the opportunity to get vaccinated, please take it seriously and uh, think about getting that done. We love you guys. Thanks for supporting the podcast. We'll be back with you next week. Yeah, I'm ready to get back to normal. Safe travels back to Cali, DK. I'll see you in uh, SoCal next week. Have a good week. Sounds good, brother. Peace.